everybody. Welcome into the MLB Extras Braves podcast. Tim McMaster here along with Mark Bowman, our Braves reporter. And a couple of big signings this week, Mark. That's going to be pretty much the focus of this podcast. We'll get into the broadcast team a little bit at the end as well. But Josh Donaldson and Brian McCann, a couple of guys that grew up as Braves fans. Obviously, McCann is a longtime Braves player as well, kind of returning home. Um, but a cool week for Braves fans, I think, and, and a chance to make this team better as well. Let's start with Donaldson. One year, $23 million deal. It's obviously a situation where this guy wants to reestablish himself as the MVP caliber type player he was before the injury bug got him. And this gives him a one year chance to do that. And the Braves willing to give up that kind of money for one year deal because it's not a huge commitment. Seems like a perfect fit for a guy that grew up rooting for the Braves. Yeah, no doubt about it. You know, it, uh, you know that that just is kind of the, the extra element there. This is a uh, I don't know if I'd say Josh absolutely needed the one year deal. Uh, that's what he ended up choosing after he got a taste or got a feel for what his market was. But but this is definitely what the Braves needed. The Braves needed a power hitter, uh, you know, in the middle of their lineup that they're able to put a right-handed power bat with, you know, Josh's tremendous capabilities uh, right there. Pair him with Freddie Freeman. You've got two MVP caliber, um, you know, bats sitting behind Ronald Acuna and, and you know, possibly Ozzy Alves if he gets going or uh, Ender Enciarte. You could even put Donaldson – you know, in the two hole at, at some point in time. There, there's a lot of different ways they can go, but, you know, however you cut it, um, you know, the, the, the top and middle of this Braves lineup is much more formidable than any we've seen uh, in recent years. Uh, this is a team that that last year was was able to, to generate a lot of offense in the first half. There was a decline in the second half, which, which you know, bothered uh, or worried um, Alex Anthopoulos, and he said, look, we, we need to go out and get a power bat. He wasn't looking for a third baseman. He ends up getting the guy that he's very familiar with. Uh, the last time, we, we all know what happened the last time he took a, whether you want to say a gamble or whatever, he took a chance on uh, Josh Donaldson. That, you know, that 2015 season in Toronto, Donaldson wins the MVP, and, you know, Alex went ahead and went elsewhere after that season, but but you, you just had a, a slight feeling they might be reunited, and like you said, the stars aligned this year where, uh, you know, had, had Donaldson had a big year last year and gotten the multi-year deal, it might not have been a fit for the Braves. As you look ahead, and they've got Austin Riley coming, and, you know, now Johan Camargo is going to move into a utility role, super utility role. I'd, I expect to see him in the lineup four, four times a week, whether he's playing any of the infield positions and possibly one of the outfield positions. But, uh for right now, this makes the lineup and maybe more importantly the bench that much stronger. Um, you're going to see enough of Camargo. Another aspect that people need to remember from the second half of last year is this: you know, Albies, Albies was basically a, a zero against right-handed pitchers. You know, his left hitting from the left-hand side was, was a had gotten so bad that there was even some talk about you know just having him just hit strictly right-handed. You're not going to Players aren't going to do that in the middle of a season, um, and I don't think they're necessarily uh, still leaning that way as of right now, but that's how bad things got. So when you can put a guy like Camargo in there, you know, against uh, – put him at second, maybe have Albie spell uh, Swanson at short every once in a while. Uh, however however you look at it, the Braves are going to achieve their goal next year of 
you know, not giving all their guys much more regular rest than they have in the past. And they couldn't do it with the thin bench they had last year. Their bench was so thin. You, you went into the NLDS, they had three of their five guys on the bench that either been DFA'd or, or claimed off waivers. So this is going to help the lineup and the bench. All right, let's hear a little bit. Donaldson and Anthopoulos getting together in the press conference earlier this week. Let's hear a little snippet from both of them talking about how this was a perfect match down in Atlanta. I'm very happy uh, to be here and um, to share, um, you know, not not just this day with Alex, but, you know, the, a, a lot of memories that we've had before and to, to having memories coming uh, to, to going on in the, the future. With that said, I was a huge Braves fan coming up, uh, you know, more so uh, I, I was a big players fan and one of my favorite players, my very first favorite player was Ron Gant. It definitely feels like I've come full circle from being a little kid who grew up being a huge fan of the game to now being able to put on the jersey um, and hopefully get us back to, to the World Series. You look at the talent and the age groups of some of these guys who are, are here and their, the ability that they have, um, you know, for me, it's not just about making myself better, but I'm here to try to help everybody grow as well. We wanted to protect and get, you know, power middle of the order bat. That brings the presence in the, in the, in the clubhouse, plus defense as well. Um, we couldn't have found a better fit for us and fit for this club. So he was really the key guy for us in the offseason. And uh, like Josh talked about, we were pretty determined to find a way to, to get the deal done. You mentioned Austin Riley, um, and, and obviously Camargo does become that utility guy, and I think that makes the team better. But Austin Riley is interesting because he's supposed to be that third baseman of the future. Now, it's a one-year deal. Um, is there a, was there a belief in the organization that while Riley had a good year in 2018 down in the minors, he was still at least a year away? I'd say this. I think everyone knows he's probably at least three months away. Okay. Uh, maybe, you know, somewhere June, July – um, yeah, he, he missed, you know, a significant period of time there last year with a, a knee injury. Um, I, I just think that, you know, if, if he produces, you know, through first couple months of the season, yeah, you, you can start talking about him being there. I don't think it would have been fair to him, you know, to, to target him for the big leagues during the early part of the season unless it's out of necessity. Um, you know, another interesting thing Alex said the other day was that, you know, Camargo is going to see some time in the outfield, and so will Austin Riley. I don't know exactly how that's going to, to uh, you know, materialize. You know, whether Austin's capable of playing a corner outfield position. Brace fans will say, hey, look, we saw Klesko play there for many years. So if he can do it, then uh, maybe Austin Riley can. But, but that, that, the plan is not for him to be an outfielder for the future. It's just you, you, you go ahead and, and create some versatility – so if necessary, you know, he, you know, you can get his bat in a lineup in, in different ways at some point during the season. Uh, it's not for you. That's how, that's how Chipper was coming up, you know, as an outfielder uh, in, in 1994, right? Yeah. 1990. Get my years kind of mixed up there. <laughs> so, um, you know, before he suffered the knee injury. So, um you know, it, it doesn't hurt Austin to do that. It, doesn't, it won't hurt him to have a little extra time at the minor league level. And, look, right now the Braves aren't looking to deal any of these guys. But when you add depth, I think the primary benefit right now is, is the bench. It is a definite need. 
But to, to expand on that is once you start adding depth, now you may have some extra some versatility on the trade market as well. That doesn't mean they're trading Dansby or or Ozzy Albies or, you know, even Ender Enciarte. But now all of a sudden you start creating a little more depth within your system. Somebody calls and makes a deal that, that you know, makes your team as a whole uh, that much better. You're able, you're at least willing to, to listen and, and think about uh uh, you know, the possibility. It doesn't doesn't hurt to have options. Let's put it that way. And with Donaldson's injury history, it is good still to have Camargo and Riley around too, just for the standpoint of maybe Donaldson can only play 100 games in 2019. Only time will tell on that front. I think it is interesting. I think if the Braves hadn't jumped ahead of schedule the way they had in 2018, maybe the whole viewpoint is different and maybe they don't need or don't want at this point to sign a Donaldson and they just want to give Austin Riley some time. But because they did what they did and made it to the postseason, suddenly that moves everything up and now it's time to strike while the iron's hot and they do that, they get Donaldson. So the other signing is Brian McCann. First nine seasons of his big league career were with Atlanta before he obviously went away, signed a big deal with the Yankees and then made another stop. But now he returns home to the Braves. Um, It's a fascinating move, Mark, because we had talked so much about how much Atlanta wanted to get in and sign JT Real Muto. And now they go or trade for JT Real Muto. Now they go out and sign Brian McCann. Does this mean Real Muto is off the table or is there a possibility of doing that as well, considering McCann's age and how many games maybe he can catch? You know, you look at it right now with with McCann signing a one year, two million dollar deal. I look if if Real Muto's price drops to the point to where you say we yeah we have to make this deal. Yeah, I, I can't say he's completely off the board, um, but at the same time, I don't think that the, the Braves are envisioning anything changing. Uh, I think a couple weeks ago when we talked, we, we said that the. Marlins were making it clear that they weren't looking to deal within a division. I think even outside the division, teams are saying, you know, his cost is prohibitive uh, right now. Um, So I I don't think the Braves are thinking that they're going to come back uh, and find themselves as potential suitors for Real Muto. But, you know, to say it's off the table, I I wouldn't say that completely. You know, I think you'd be – you know, from a financial standpoint, there is flexibility. At the same time, you know, Brian Brian agreed to do this. Brian gave you some this opportunity to go out and sign Josh Donaldson and have so much more financial flexibility elsewhere, you know. And this is a guy that's as highly regarded as anyone, not only, you know, within the Braves organization, but throughout the league. You're not going to, you know, do that to him, um, you know, and, and put him in a position where you're saying you're the odd man out or – um, you know, or even, you know, say that with, with Tyler Flowers. I, I don't envision that happening, but let's just say this. I'm not willing to say it's off the table. And McCann's a guy who never moved his off-season home away from Atlanta. He was on MLB Network this week, and he pointed the camera outside and said this is one of the reasons. He wanted to be around home a little more often. Let's hear from Brian McCann talking about just how excited he is to be back and part of what the Braves are doing right now with all their young talent. I've been, I've been watching the Braves since the day I left. I mean, from, from 14 to now, uh, I've always kept up with how they're doing. And to see where it's at now, I mean, they're knocking on the door for, for championships. And uh, that's what this organization stands for. I mean, that's what it's been built on from way back in the day. 
and uh, it's been passed from generation to generation to generation. And uh, like I said, th th this organization, this jersey, it's a big deal. So, and the, the players today are bringing that back. So I'm, I'm just glad to be a part of that. So Donaldson's in, McCann's in. This roster is kind of taking shape big time. Mark, what's the next step? Well, I think that you know the, the needs, the remaining needs are a starting pitcher. I probably need to go get a closer. Certainly, at least a a, a late inning, at least one late inning reliever, and then you, you've got to figure out what you want to do in the outfield. Uh, some of these questions uh, will be some, we'll have some more clarity with a couple of these questions with the non-tender deadline here at the end of this week. Um, you know, if, if they the, the two guys that are probably the, the, the biggest question marks are uh, Adam Duvall, who was basically you know provided you know, very little value offensively and defensively after being traded to Atlanta last year. Uh, and Arodas Visca, you know, you know, their, their closer who, uh, you know, his injury history just makes it, he's makes him just a little bit too expensive. I think at this point in time, maybe to take a chance on, but at the same time, you know, maybe they'll, they'll go ahead and take a, uh, roll the dice on, on the possibility that his shoulder will prove dur durable enough over the course of the season. Uh, my expectation is that, that he will be non-tendered. Duvall, it's a, uh, they, there's not a lot of depth within that system from an outfield perspective. So, um, you know, if you got down to it and you said, we're going to go ahead and enter the season with Duvall as a, one of our outfielders and, and roll the dice that he can get back to where he was a couple years ago when he's a 30, 30 home run guy, gold glove caliber uh, talent, that, that maybe, maybe you do take that chance with everything else you have around you. Uh, the other guy that comes into play for an outfield spot again because they've added some power potential, I think it's Nick Markakis. Time will tell what the market, you know, how the market plays out for Nick, but the Braves have not shut the door on possibility that, that he could return uh, next year. Uh, that, would, that would probably be a one- or two-year deal, uh, one year with an option, something like that. Uh, from a starting pitching perspective, this may be the, you know, while Donaldson's going to be the, you know, for, for now, stands as the, the biggest move of the offseason so far, that the, the most influential might be, you know, what they're able to do with their rotation. They've got, uh, you know, they're looking for a frontline starter. I was told yesterday, uh, don't count Patrick Corbin out, but as everyone across the National League East is, knows, or every fan base seems to be saying that right now in the National League East, um, you know, with him making visits with the Phillies and Nationals already this week. Uh, this guy says the Braves have, have, have remained interested. Um, and, you know, my favorite since the beginning, you know, who I've pegged as the favorite for, for Corbin since the beginning of the offseason is the Yankees. So that may be a little bit of a long shot. You've got the the, the starting pitchers that the Indians may be willing to, to trade. Uh, Carrasco may be the more, most likely fit for the Braves. He'd also be a little bit less attractive than, than – than Bauer and Kluber, but, but maybe a little bit cheaper in terms of, of what you would have to give up, uh, or certainly a little cheaper than what you would have to give up for either of those two guys. Um, you know, you get down to Madison Bumgarner. I, I realize there's been a lot of talk about him, and and there's there's in some ways Bumgarner fits. I mean, he's a veteran who would come in and certainly provide a, a positive influence with the young guys like you know Fultonovich and Newcomb. Um, but at the same time, I, I don't. Think everyone really completely understands 
how much of an influence Brian McCann is going to have. You know, Alex Anthopoulos said it the other day, and I know, you know, it's said time and time again across the baseball world that, you know, those good catchers are, are the, uh, an extension of the pitching staff. And, and Brian is, you know, the respect that he's drawn uh, over the years was, was seen on Twitter this this week where you saw so many of the his former Astros teammates, you know, namely some of the pitchers, you know, expressing what he meant to them and saying that the, how happy they were for him that he got to come home and, and what he meant to their career. So, um, you know, Bumgarner is interesting. I would say he's a secondary option. The, the, the one guy that it's going to be interesting for a lot of teams if they express interest is Noah Syndergaard. I, I remember I saw him dominate opening day in 2017 there at City Field against the Braves. I can't remember, six innings, say nine, ten strikeouts. He's throwing a slider that's 93 miles an hour. And and I walked away and I said, there, there's no way I'm going to be right with my prediction that he's going to win the Cy Young Award because he can't stay healthy when pitching like that. Um, and, and I think that's the, the big concern with Syndergaard. That's probably, the, you know, why the Mets are, are you know, willing to, to move him. Uh, but at the same time, he's a, you've got to at least uh, monitor his market and see exactly what it might take to get him. Obviously, being within the division, I'd say that that would make the Braves probably a, a long shot at best. All right, one more thing to talk to you about, and that is another return to the Atlanta Braves. Jeff Francoeur had kind of dipped his toe in the broadcasting waters a little bit with the Braves pregame, postgame, but now he's Diving in head first, Mark, he's going to be a big part of the television broadcast team doing over 100 games. Um, he's always he's from there, obviously. He's always been a fan favorite everywhere he's played. Um, I would think that he's a natural for the booth. No doubt, no doubt. You know, he, he certainly, you know, within these last two years since he retired, he, you know, he got a feel for, for what he wanted to do. You know, he had MLB Network and some others calling and, you know, as he continued to spend some time doing pre and post game for the you know, Braves TV and, and doing some analyst work, he came to find, hey, look, I want to be at home. I want to be with my wife and kids. I want to be around this team. And at the end of the day, you know, what he wanted to do was, was be in that booth to, to be an analyst. You know, the bittersweet part of this uh, is that, you know, he's doing it at the expense of Joe Simpson, who's been in that broadcast booth since – in a Braves broadcast booth since Jeff was an eight-year-old, you know, kid living in suburban Atlanta, you know, listening to Joe. And, you know, obviously he's developed a strong friendship with him over the last decade. And uh, to, to see Joe having to move into more of a, a radio role, you know, at his expense because it was, you know, the team and uh, Fox Sports South decided to, to give Jeff uh, this lead analyst role. You know, that, that's, that's really the, the only hard part about it for, for Jeff. But, uh he brings a youthful energy. Um, you know, he, he's very knowledgeable. He's opinionated. Um, I'm looking forward to uh, to hearing more of him, you know, ha- seeing him get to work on a regular basis. Uh, you know, he's, you know, over the last couple of years, he'll work five, six, seven games at a time and, you know, take a break, go to maybe do pregame, postgame. You know, getting into much more regular schedule. Uh, that's going to just make him that much better. I know that some of our guys, you know, during the playoffs um, that had a chance to listen to him, some of our writers uh, that we had covering that series that were, you know, had, were not familiar with what he had done on the air. They, they walked away saying, uh, after listening to some of the broadcast, how, how good Jeff was. He was doing the radio 
uh, during the NLDS. But, uh, you know, I, this guy, he's always been a fan favorite, and I think he will continue to be in this role. Great stuff, as always, Mark. It'll be fun to listen to him. And this team continues to get a little better piece by piece as we move our way through this offseason. This has been the MLB Extras Braves podcast. For Mark Bowman, I'm Tim McMaster. Tune in again next time.